the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me oh i'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will arise death is defeated the king is alive. I raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah.
You're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. Sing a little louder. In the presence of my enemy. Sing a little louder. unto him. So what we want to do this morning is we want to lift up the name of Jesus louder than we hear the parade route behind us, right? We want to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. We want to worship the Lord that we're free in Christ. We want to worship the Lord for all of his goodness to us. Amen. So let's praise him. Father, we just thank you this morning. We can gather together in the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, we exalt you above everything, Lord, because you are worthy of the praise of your people. And we thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Let's continue to worship him. Live in the river. 
Alive in the river. 
believe you're seated with Christ? Actually, you're standing, so you can be seated. You're seated with Christ. Christ, the Word of God tells us that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have any struggles in life, you know? It means you're going to have a struggle, but you're going to have someone on your right side pushing, encouraging, strengthening you, empowering you. And I love what it says in that, that the lyrics of that song. It says, you say who I am. You see, we don't listen to the, what the world tells us who we are. We listen to what Christ tells us who we are. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. That you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You know, when we were singing that song, I was thinking about the passage of Scripture where Jesus sent out the 70. And when they came back, what did they do? They were shocked that they did miracles, right? And what did Jesus say to them? Hey, don't be so excited that you guys were doing miracles. Be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? And so our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. A natural byproduct is that we perform miracles, right? That God is a God of supernatural. He's not a God of the natural. He is super, which in, in, the, in the language it means he is above nature. He is farther above nature than anything we can imagine. And I was thinking about that today because today is the day that we as a nation celebrate Independence Day. So what are you free from? What, do you, what, do you, what has God set you free from? He set you free from addictions. He set you free from sin. He set you free from worry, from guilt, from shame, from all of those things. And one of the things that we need to do as people of God, we need to walk in the newness of who we are in Christ. You know, one of, it's amazing that, that Christ came... And it says that in the book of Romans, which is one of my favorite books of the New Testament, in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says this, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit gives us life and has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now think about it. We're all under a death sentence, right? How many of you are under a death sentence? Used to be. Now you're under a life sentence. You're under the freedom in Christ. You're in the emancipation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He set us free from all the bondage, from all the shame, from all the guilt, from all of those things. And when I think about what the Lord has done in our life, and I think about this day, you know, in our, our calendar of, of a, an American culture, we celebrate freedom from being free from the Brits, right? But I tell you, there's a greater freedom than being free from a nation. It's being free from your past. It's being free from your sin. It's being free from all of those things that have held us back. But it says that Christ made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them through the cross. So every time you look and you see this cross up here, think of the power that it represents in your life. The power that it represents in what Christ has done for you. You know, this last week we, we had an opportunity to go up and see our grandkids. And, and we, we went to this park up in, uh, I don't even remember the name of the city, uh, uh, in Oregon by the coast. And we met a sister in the Lord, and we started talking to her, and, and she just, she asked us, are you guys pastors? You know? And I thought how beautiful it was that we could meet someone that's far away, that we're a brother and sister in Christ, and she just out of the blue asked us, are you guys pastors? And we, we were sitting there, and we were talking to her, and we started, you know, just sharing with her, and, 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 and the, you see the blessing of being united in Christ. You see, you're not alone in this, folks. You may be a single person. You may be a person that is, is maybe in a relationship that the other person doesn't know the Lord yet. You may be in a family that doesn't know the Lord, and your family unit is just the, the solid thing. But let me tell you, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. 
that the Lord has come to set you free by the power of his word, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that you need to walk in, you need to walk in, I think Psalm 3.3 says it this way. He says, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me. Not just in front of me, but the Lord's got your back. He's, he, see Rick up there in the drum cage? The Lord's even got his back. He's against the wall. The Lord still has his back. Right, Rick? You know, the Lord has got every one of us, and we need to just be thankful for what he's done for us. So let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning excited about what you're doing in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God who performs miracles. I thank you, God, that you are a God who performs miracles in our life every single day. I thank you that, Lord, you are a God who set us free as sons and daughters. That once we were in bondage, but now, Lord, we're set free by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I pray that all glory and honor may be given to you through our lives. I pray that not one day goes by that we don't worship you for what you've done in our life and what you're continuing to do in our lives and what you're even doing in the lives of those around us, Father. Those that may not know you, but, Father, you're working yourself into their lives through us. And, Lord, I just rejoice in the goodness of our God, that we can praise you during the time that we're living on this earth, and that, Lord, that your name will be lifted up, and that all mankind, all human beings can come to you, Father, through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we thank you that, God, you are the champion. You have already secured the victory. You have already declared our independence. You have already declared our freedom in Christ. And those who the sun sets free, what does Scripture say? We are free indeed. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad for the Lord today? Aren't you glad for his goodness in your life? Aren't you glad that you can worship the Lord everywhere you go? I tell you, God is so good. Hey, we've got a lot of things going on today. Uh, we have a, a, a great day of celebration of worshiping the Lord. We want to welcome you. If you're a guest or visitor, if we don't have your uh, uh, email address, if you don't get our weekly newsletter, it goes out every Friday, just grab one of those communication cards and print your uh, email address, and we'll make sure you get that. Uh, it's a great way to find out what's going on. We have a ton of events going on in the summer. Our, our midweek gathering is... Uh, for the men and women is uh, stopped for the summer, but our youth is still going on. We have a uh, Sarita. When's your next hike? Wednesday night, Sarita. And, uh, you know, last week, uh, Matthew uh, said that uh, husbands tell your wife to take a hike. So Sarita said... Uh, Husbands are now invited. Dave's going to go with the guys. We're going to have a, a co-ed hike, so you're not uh, hiking alone. It's a great way to get out and get some exercise, get some fellowship, and get together with brothers and sisters in Christ. Our youth is still meeting. And we have a, Rhonda has an announcement she wants to make about the women's ministries. Yes, we have an exciting opportunity to do an escape room. All ladies are invited, young, old, all ladies are invited. It's $30. I need to know if you're coming this week because we have a reservation, but I need to make sure we have large enough room, enough people for two rooms because I reserve two rooms. So let me know so I can make these arrangements and make it complete. Um, $30, put it in your in the offering and put on the offering escape room and then email me. And what is the date? The date is July 16th. It's Friday night, 6 o'clock. All right. How many of you want to be set free? We're going to go lock you in a room and see if you're set free. Okay? <laughs> hey, we have a worship proclamation coming up on uh, the 18th, uh, Sunday evening. 
It'll be here in the sanctuary from 530 to 7. I want to encourage you to come. That's a great opportunity for you just to come and just worship the Lord and just rejoice in his presence and just have a, a great time of celebration. Uh, if you don't uh, uh, get a chance to come to church, we have our sermons online. You can find them on podcast. 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 <laughs> I'm as bad as my preaching last week where my son is here. My good-looking son is here. If you were here last week in second service, I said, I'm thank God my children aren't good-looking. And I meant to say, thank God they don't get their looks from their father. Uh, They get both their looks and their brains from their mother and their ability to speak from their mother. Sometimes you're saying things so fast. You're, I, one of my friends used to say, I'm speaking so fast, my tongue's wrapped around my eye tooth, and I can't see a word I'm saying. Okay, so uh, sometimes you just get going that way, all right? Hey, we have uh, daily devotionals go out uh, from Pastor Lynn and I. Mine's are written. Hers is an audio. You can watch that on hers on uh, YouTube. Just search Phil to the Brim, and you'll see her face. And if you want a devotional from me, just put your email address down. Hey, and then uh, this week, our missionaries, we are really excited. Uh, Pastor Kieran Paul is one of our missionaries to uh, Nepal. And if uh, you remember, uh, we had the Tongues of Fire service. If you go to the slide with the pictures of Pastor Kieran up there, please. Uh, This is the home she has for both girls and boys. One of the boys might have been taking that picture, the picture on the left. But the picture on the right is the church that we built, and that's them watching the Tongues of Fire service last Friday night. Isn't that exciting? That's the church that we helped build for them, the first church of its kind in that area, or actually first church in that region, and they have their own building. And I tell you, when when Pastor Kieran, we, we told her, hey, we want you to build it, she was out there, she got COVID, and she was out there mixing Portland cement to build the building. Now, is that, that dedication or what? And my wife said, if you want something done right, ask a lady to do it. And she just fired through. She's from the same DNA as Pastor Lynn, you know. Uh, she's a sweetheart. We can't wait to be with her and her church, but they have a great ministry. And we want to uh, thank you for your faithfulness and giving. Uh, we're going to wait upon you for your tithes and offerings uh, as uh, ushers come forward. I want to encourage you to keep being faithful to the Lord. You know, God has been really good to us as a house, and we want to rejoice in that. Let's pray for the offering. Father, we thank you for the offering this morning. We bless each and every person, bless both the gift and the giver. Help us as a church and a board to continue to sow into the nations and sow into our nation, Lord. Uh, Bless all of our missionaries, we pray. Bless this offering, Father. Those that are giving out of abundance, may they have more. Those that are giving out of need, may you meet all their needs according to your grace in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Now we ask you, bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, while they're taking the offering, I want to tell you something. Uh, We have a a praise report for the Lord. To God be all of the glory. You know, this last week I was up in Salem, Oregon, and one of the things I got to do, I got to go to Church Extension Plan, which is the uh, organization that had the loan that they gave this church, uh, it would have been 12 years ago, and we had a 30-year note on the building, and as of Monday afternoon at 7 p.m., we are debt-free on our building. So the Lord, amen. I tell you, that's good. We paid the loan off 13 years, uh, 12 years and a couple months before we should have. And uh, Dave Iwanaga, who's on our board, is our num- one of our numbers guys, said that we saved 6000 was it 6800 and change? You know, praise God. And we, we, we continue to be faithful stewards. 
And I want to tell you, the board and the pastoral staff here, we're committed to be good stewards of the resources. And we don't give and keep it. We give to give away. And during that whole time we did this, paying down of our debt and paying down of the mortgage, we expanded his kingdom by 12 or 13 churches we built. We've expanded our missions giving. We've expanded the dedication of what we've done on this building. God has done some amazing things. And I tell you, when we were singing that song about he is our champion, I was just thinking of the miracles that God has done. Just you're sitting in miracles right now. You're sitting in a place where God does supernatural things. In the middle of a global pandemic, God blessed us financially enough to pay off our mortgage. Amen? He is good. Well, Pastor Lynn's got a word. She's been preaching it all week to me. Getting ready for you guys. So here she is. Yes, I have. That's why he repented about what he said last week. Just kidding. You all weren't there because you all first service people. Uh, it was the second service online that he said that. So that was wonderful. So I had to go, uh, no, Mama Bear just went, rawr. No, my kids are beautiful. I don't know what he was saying, but he, anyway, doesn't matter. Lord's good. Exciting. Exciting times. We live in exciting times. We don't live in depressing times. We live in exciting times. Where we can't depend on the things of the physical realm. We don't depend on the comforts of our culture because they're simply not there. So many Christians like the comforts of the culture so that they don't have to trust in the Lord. Ooh. Can my, can my culture just be comfortable enough so I don't have to have faith? And the Lord's all, you know what? I've shook the church. And you know what? When he shakes the church, what's left is what we hold faith in, right? But you know what's so great about the Lord? The Lord loves his children so much that he wants us to exercise the very things that he purchased for us on the cross. You know, it's interesting because Pastor David just talked. We came from Salem. We drove back from Salem. We have five grandchildren, five grandchildren, 10 and under. Our oldest, Nora, she celebrated her birthday. She just got into the 10th year, so we were there to celebrate her birthday. So you had five children crawling all over you constantly. Now, you call that a vacation. You come back, you need a vacation, right? Because, you're, come on, some of you who know about that, but you love it. It's fun, right? Well, one problem with our five grandchildren is that they didn't know how to swim. Five grandchildren, none know how to swim from the 10 to the four. And we had a pool at our uh, hotel. Now, if you are aware of what's going on in the Northwest, there is a heat wave going on up there. They're not used to the heat wave. And actually in places like Salem, they don't have AC like we do down here because we're used to the heat. And so uh, that meant that the hotels were full, right? Because people checked out of their house and went, it was so hot, went to the hotels. Well, my daughter and her husband, they own their home, but they don't really have uh, HVAC. They had one little AC from a window going into the living room area. They had slept in the living room. Anyway, so grandma and grandpa came. Guess where we were going to take the kids? To the pool. But the fact is this, they didn't know how to swim. Now, this woman is a nervy, nervous wreck when there's five little children that don't know how to swim. So I was the lifeguard. Pastor David was in the pool. Well, my oldest grandchild, Nora, she's 10. I'm like, 
she had a fear of water because she had a bad experience a few years ago. She stepped into the pool area and she says, even the smell of the pool makes me anxious. I said, honey, every little doggy knows how to doggy paddle. You're going to learn how to swim. <laughs> she looked at her new grandma. I'm a new grandma to her. Okay, whatever you say. Well, we worked with them over the next three days. You know, we're type A grandparents. It was like, you're all going to learn how to swim. Well, four out of five of them by the third day ended up learning how to swim. I tell you that because the little guy, he's four still. So I tell you that because the Lord wants to teach you how to swim because it's in you. It's in you. It's actually a natural thing for you to know how to swim. But when you get fear of it, then it, you step into an unnatural relationship with something. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he gave you power and authority. But many of us don't know how to function in that. And today I'm going to talk to you about how kingdom builders have authority. And Jesus modeled to us that authority. You know, actually this, this message, I have struggled with the warfare over it. Because I know the enemy doesn't want you to walk in your authority. Because if you believe you do not have authority, you will not exercise the authority. So if, you, if the enemy can convince that there's an area of your life, if there's an addiction that you have, that you have no authority over, then that thing will captivate you. That thing will have authority over you. Now, this is going to be a two-parter. So next week, I have, because it's just too much to say, and I really want to build this according to the word of God. So I'm going to tell the foundation of this is you have power and authority. If you are a believer, have received Christ, you have power and authority. Now, many of you may know that I like to watch court shows, not the crummy ones, but like Judge Judy. I mean, the good ones and the people's court. Judge Marilyn Milan. Now, some of you may laugh at this, but I have saved this school thousands of dollars because I understood what are what <laughs> believe me i have saved especially the school thousands of dollars because i knew what our rights were and one thing that uh there's a lot of uh court cases about is property rights and in a property rights when you have a piece of property that you own that there's a concept in law that you own from the heavens to the grave rather than the heavens to the grave so my property line it's from the heavens to the grave. So if there is a tree next uh, from your neighbor, but their tree is coming over, you have every right to just, you don't even have to ask. If the roots of that tree go low and they are encroaching into your area, remember, to the grave, then those roots, you can go, you don't even have to ask. Because that is your property. Because you know your rights. Your authority. You know what? The Lord has given to you a domain, a dominion in your life that the enemy would like to convince you he has rights over you. He has roots underneath that can come in and encroach. But the truth is this, he does not. But you have to exercise that right. Now, Jesus came, and this is the beauty of Jesus. Jesus came and he being fully God, fully man, came 
as a man, he laid aside his divinity. What does it mean to lay aside his divinity? Well, let's read Philippians 2, 6, and 7, because this is foundational for the revelation of the authority that he has given to us. Philippians 2, 6, and 7. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. This is called the kenosis scripture for theologians. That means he emptied himself. He said, I will lay aside my divinity. I will not access. He was equal with God. He was equal with God, but he said, I'm not going to access that because everything that I do in my incarnation, I'm going to do through the power of the Holy Spirit as a man. Therefore, when I send my Holy Spirit to you, you can do it too. Okay. This is the foundation for the authority that Jesus laid. Because he did not use his divinity to accomplish the work. But he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he exercised that authority through overcoming temptations. See, this is the thing. The first thing that Jesus did before he ever started ministry, what does he do? He goes in to the desert and he experiences temptations. And those temptations reveal what type of authority or the realm of authority that he bought back for us. Now, we're going to look at those. See, Jesus established and revealed his authority through overcoming his temptations. And I want you to realize the temptations that Jesus experienced were real temptations. And how do we know that they were real temptations? Well, not only does scripture tell us so in other parts, like in Hebrews, but we find out that after his temptations in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, it says, then the devil left him and angels came and ministered to him. Why would Jesus need angels to minister to him? Because it was exhausting. What he had gone through was exhausting, but he was victorious. Now, when he goes into the desert to experience these temptations, it is said to us in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. In other texts, in other versions, it says, or translations, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led. Jesus was led full of the Holy Spirit into the desert where he underwent temptations, testings. After he's done with those temptations and testings, it says at the end of that portion of scripture in verse 14, he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is led full. He is full of the Holy Spirit. But now he comes out in the power, the dunamis, of the Holy Spirit. Now we're going to read about the temptations because in these temptations, there's three kinds of types of temptations Jesus undergoes during this time. And those three types reveal what we go through. Let's read it. Luke 4, 1 through 14. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This was after his baptism, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. 
The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be all yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in the hands in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Who's quoting scripture there? The devil. Jesus answered. It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. What we see here is this. Jesus's magnification of authority that he has. He doesn't give in to any of these temptations. Now, we're going to look at these three temptations. What? And actually, it goes from micro to macro. In other words, it starts with the flesh, and then it goes to the spirit realm. It starts with the flesh, then it goes to the kingdoms of this world, then it goes to the principalities and powers in high places. So he is tempted in all three areas. And you know what? I'm going to say this. In our lives, in our struggles, in our areas where we are... Uh, overcoming it can be in any three of those areas of our life the flesh areas of the flesh areas of the world we're tempted by the things of the world or a spiritual realm the spiritual realm the deceptions of the spirit realm i'm gonna, I'm gonna break this down a little bit for you let's look at the bread because bread represents the flesh. The flesh did not have authority over Jesus. What was this about? Jesus fasts because what is he doing? He's submitting his flesh to the things of the spirit. He is saying flesh does not dictate to me. My emotions, you know, come on, we get hangry. You know what hangry is? That means that I emotionally have a connection to needing to eat, right? And that drives me right now. But the fact is this. Jesus was saying the things of the flesh. Now listen. Not all flesh is evil or sinful. Not all flesh is evil or sinful. But all flesh must be submitted to the Lord. You got it? There is sinful flesh. There is sinful flesh. But there's a part of our flesh that isn't sinful. And it all has to be submitted to the Lord. And this has to do with denying ourselves or denying our own will for something. See, Jesus was all about not my will, but the Father's will. And when we're denying our flesh, we're exercising the submission to the Father. And saying, it's not going to be my will that drives me. It's going to be His will. I'm going to submit to the Father's will. This is the truth. Your flesh as a believer. Now, before you had the Holy Spirit in you, this was not true. But as a person with the Holy Spirit in you, your flesh does not have authority over you. 
any longer because you have the Holy Spirit in you. What your flesh desires or craves does not have authority over you. Now, the world is telling you because you feel it, it should have authority over you. That is a big script of the world. You have those feelings, you have that feeling, then therefore it should have authority over you. But I'm telling you, Jesus paid through his blood to give you the same Holy Spirit that he functioned in in his incarnation so that he can see now that doesn't mean there's not temptation see temptation is not sin giving in to the temptation is where we sin jesus was tempted and did not sin a lot of times people feel guilty for feeling tempted but it's not the temptation it's giving in or submitting yourself to the temptation so what jesus does he quotes deuteronomy 8 3 he says this to the devil he humbled you well he says part of the scripture but let me tell you what it where he gets it from deuteronomy 8 3 he humbled you and in your hunger he gave you manna to eat which neither your you nor your fathers had known so that you might understand that and this is what jesus quotes man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the lord jesus quotes the scripture about spiritual manna about saying my father takes care of my needs and what comes first is not my physical impulses but what comes first is submission or dependence upon my father who will take care of my needs. I am dependent upon the word of my father, not on the bread of this world or not on the desires of my flesh. I am dependent upon his manna from heaven. See, flesh does not have to rule us. Do we struggle with it? Yes. That's why I'm preaching this sermon because it's a process. We're in process of learning how to function in the authority that we have. Jesus says later, after the temptations, to just show how he exercised this very authority in his life. John 4, 34. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. See, and this is when the disciples come back. They're all hungry. This is the time when he was teaching the Samaritan woman and ministering to the Samaritan woman. And all the disciples went in town. That meant that they were all hungry, went into town. And they came back and they said, come on, eat, 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 rabbi. And he said, no, my food is to do the will of the father. That's the priority doesn't mean eating is bad of course not but my my desire first is the lord john 6 38 he says this for i have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me i want you to connect those cravings of our flesh sometimes those things that tempt us the things that we can get the sinful flesh that tempts us i want you to connect it with the submission of your will to the father a lot of times we don't know what to do with those things we don't know what to do with those feelings we don't know what to do and you know what the lord is teaching us that there's an authority that we have because of the holy spirit's power that those cravings those things that try to take authority over us no longer have to have authority over us and it begins in our thought life 
If we don't believe, if I preach this word and you go away and you just don't believe and you say, oh, no, there are some things that have to have authority over me. You will function that way. If you believe that, there's nothing. I can preach all day long. It's not going to. If you want to believe that, all you're believing is that the enemy in that area of my life has authority. Okay. So, flesh. Now, remember, this is a two-parter. Next week, none of you will probably say, I don't know if I want the second part of this, but (laughs) next week, I'm going to break it down. And how does it look in some of the more practical areas of our life? But the second thing is this. Jesus exercised authority in this temptation over the kingdoms of this world. He exerted the authority over the kingdoms of the world. And what he was doing in this is he was saying, the kingdoms of this world do not give me authority. The kingdoms of this world do not give me power. The kingdoms of this world do not give me identity. The kingdoms of this world do not give me position. Some of us can feel like we have to have affirmation from the kingdoms of this world. They have to accept me because I lack authority unless they're approving of me. I'm going to tell you, as we progress into the future, in the end times, you're not of this world, and there's going to be the parting of the waters on that. And you're going to, in the temptation of approval by the world, is going to challenge you. See, I have to stand alone in some things. Absolutely, you you have to. But guess who has the greater authority than the kingdoms of this world? You do. Because you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus says, John 18, 36, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom, and we belong to his kingdom. Luke 17, 20. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, I'm going to challenge us a little bit here. Maybe offend some people. Too many people looking for a kingdom outside of Jesus' kingdom. Too many people wanting a kingdom outside of Jesus' kingdom. If it can look close enough, maybe have some of the principles of the kingdom of God. You know, some of them. Maybe some of the values of the kingdom of God. I'll reach for that. But I'm telling you, that's a counterfeit. Because Jesus didn't say, oh, go looking for the kingdom of God in man's kingdom. He said, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom and it's not of this world and it's in you. And there is a temptation that Jesus is showing to us that humans can look for kingdoms. It could be a temptation so that I can rest in man's kingdom to take care of me. So I can feel comfortable in this world. 
And Jesus is saying, I'm just, I'm just laying it out here for you people because we're racing in. I am not afraid of the future. Some of the Christians, st- I've been around some, oh, shuddering and afraid of the future. Oh, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit is going to pour out and Christians are going to rise up and be Jesus to this world. If we are investing in man's kingdom, we are compromised. We're about one kingdom, the kingdom of our Lord and Christ. But this shows the temptation. See, this shows that this brings revelation to that there is a temptation that we default to. And we need to recognize when we are doing that. We are actually giving away our authority. When we are submitting or or saying, I need a kingdom of this world to give me identity. I need this kingdom of this world to give me position. What we're doing is we're giving away the authority that he, Jesus, paid for to walk in confidence that I don't need a kingdom of this world. You don't need a kingdom of this world. That's why there is no perfect kingdom of this world. There is no Holy Spirit guided kingdom of man. It is the kingdom of God. Ooh, I feel a little tension there. Okay, here we go. The third temptation is the spirit realm did not have authority over Jesus. So once again, he goes from flesh physical needs then he goes to the kingdoms of this world then he goes to the spirit realm the authority there see now this is interesting because the enemy used scripture to try to to deceive jesus in this third temptation he used even the written word the enemy who uses it the enemy quotes the written word to try to gain authority over the word of god the word made flesh now one of the things that i want to say is that in the spirit realm you've heard me say this many times the spirit realm is like a super highway there is a lot of activity in the spirit realm and a lot of times when we are in this world of um You know, the Western world tends to be very scientific and all of that, and that's good. But we can uh, deny that there is a spirit realm that is affecting the physical realm. We deny that a lot of times because we don't see it. So we act like it's some sort of fairy tale or whatever. But the truth is this. There is a very active spirit realm that's going on. And Jesus takes authority over that. But there is a deception that the enemy's trying to do here with the word of God. This is why we need to know the word of God. Jesus was the word. He knew the word of God. He knew that the enemy was trying to deceive or to manipulate Christ with the word of God. People, you need to know the word of God. Do you hear me? You need to be in the word. Get off the news. Get off the whatever other kinds of stuff. Hey, you got to be in the word. The Pastor David spoke on that. The word of God is your filter for truth. And so Jesus, he defeats the enemy by quoting the word back to him. Luke 4, 18 shows us 
after Jesus leaves the desert and he proclaims his mission, he says, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Jesus is saying, I am ex exercising my authority over the spirit realm. That is my mission. Mark 1, 23 and 24 gives us a, an example of Jesus doing that. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? And then they say, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Who's telling them? The demonic realm says, we know who you are. There is a spirit realm that Jesus, it's recognized in the spirit realm that Jesus has authority there. Then Jesus in Matthew 28, 18, this is after his resurrection. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Okay. All authority on heaven and on earth. He is listing the two of the three areas of the temptations. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's very important what the cross did. Now let's, let, let me just go back. Jesus defeated the enemy exercised his authority in the temptations with and through the power of the Holy Spirit. As a result, he comes out of the desert full of the power of the Holy Spirit, and he begins to do the very thing that he says he's going to do. He begins to exercise that authority, right? He was tested in those areas. Then he begins to exercise that authority. He doesn't let flesh rule him. He doesn't let man or the kingdoms of man rule him. And he doesn't let the spirit world rule him. And he exercised that with his disciples around them, around him. And then he says, you know what? This power and authority that I have, I am going to give to you. Okay, people, is that not exciting? This power and authority I'm going to give to you. Free of charge so jesus on the cross does this colossians 2 9 through 15 and, and you're in this story for in christ all the fullness of the de deity lives in bodily form and in christ you have been brought to fullness he is the head over every power and authority now, where are you located in this? And in Christ, you're in Christ, and he is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised with Christ. Temptation one. The flesh, the sinful flesh, has been torn away from you. It no longer has to have dominion over you in any way. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made us 
spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. He said, now what I did, I go to the cross. I die, shed my blood. I'm resurrected. I've defeated all those areas, the flesh, the kingdoms of this world, the spirit realm. And then I give it to you because you're in me because you dwell in me. You have, see, this is the truth. Children of God, you have more authority than you think you do. That's one of the main problems is we don't think we have authority. We think the world has authority. We think the spirit realm has authority. We think our flesh has authority. But Jesus said, oh, when you were dead in your sins, it did. When you were dead in your sins, you're right. It did. It did. The flesh had authority over you. The world had authority over you. The spirit realm had authority over you. But I showed up. I showed up. And I showed you how you could do it. By functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not with my divinity. But in my humanity. Full of the Holy Spirit. And then I sent my spirit to you. So that you could do it too. Come on, Jesus. He wants you to have this word. He doesn't want you just to have it up here. He wants you to have it here. So when those temptations come, you go, I'm going to exercise that authority. When those temptations come to our flesh, I say, flesh, you're going to be denied today. I don't believe what you tell me today. I will not give in to you today. I submit myself to the Father. I know that I have authority over that. Come on. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Your heart. I'm just going to stop there. Your heart is the centrality of your personhood. That's kind of like the control center. That's fed. It's fed by your spirit. It's fed by your mind. But it's the control center. So set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. You know, the enemy, the greatest attack area is in our mind to bring us a philosophy of the world, to bring us a thought from the kingdoms of this world to say, and this is big in this world. Okay. Those areas you have authority, but that one area that one area you don't too many times have you given into that temptation too many times you know too many times have you given in and therefore see you can't overcome that's from the enemy it can be from the world in that it's wrapped in a very sophisticated argument second corinthians 10 4 and 5 what do we cast down? The sophisticated arguments. We take every thought captive, bringing it to Christ Jesus. Why? Because those sophisticated arguments developed over time can sound really convincing. And it can convince us we should let the roots go ahead and come into our domain to choke out life. But Jesus said, no. I defeated all of that. I defeated all of that. Let's go on. Set your hearts on things above which Christ is, is seated at the right hand of God. 
You say, Pastor Lynn, do you ever have temptations? Do you ever give in? <laughs> yes, of course. But you know what I have found that I, I do in those times as I've grown in the Lord? And I say as I've grown because it does take exercising this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It takes exercise. You are a new creation. When the Lord made you a new creation, he did not just say, oh, your spirit is new. Everything else is old. So it's all going to break down and still function the same way, but you'll get to heaven. That's not what he meant. He said, you are a new creation. Behold, all things about you are new. Now I'm going to teach you how to exercise authority over that old man that likes to creep up. That likes to say, no, you're not new. The old stuff that comes in and tries to attack your mind. I'm going to teach you how to exercise authority over those things. See, the children of God have authority. But the authority we have is delegated to us by Christ. Now, this is where some people get wrong. Because they say, oh, good, I have authority. So, la, 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 here I go. I have authority. But see... We are in submission constantly to Christ. We can get a false sense or a misconception of authority if we think we can function with authority outside of Christ. And you know what? The enemy wants children to think that, to lead them in a danger zone, to lead them in the deception of saying, yeah, you can do this outside of submission to the Father. The enemy tried to deceive Jesus even in that. Do it out of submission to the Father. Do this work. I will give you all of this if you will just do this for me. Step outside of submission to the Father. The problem with us as humans is that we just don't want to submit to the Father in everything. Some things, okay, but not in everything. But that's where our authority comes from. Luke 10, 17, Pastor David mentioned this scripture. This is when Jesus sends out the 72 with his power and authority in his name. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, you defeated Satan when you function in the power and authority of my name. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. To overcome what kind of power of the enemy? All the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. What does that mean? Your power and authority comes from your relationship with me. That's what he was saying. That's how you function in power and authority is that it comes from your relationship with me. But Jesus was modeling that because he said, I submit to the father. He said, I don't access my divinity, but I will walk in submission to the father. He says in other parts, I, there's nothing that I do that the father hasn't told me to do. 
I'm in sin. I do what the Father tells me to do constantly. Even when he, before he goes to the cross, he says, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Submitting, submitting, submitting to the Father because the power for him to go through the cross, to defeat the enemy, he had to be in submission to the Father. Listen, that is the key. The key to our power and authority is submission to Jesus Christ. You know, the word authority in the Greek is exousia. And exousia means this. Positional authority of the believer who is seated with Christ in heavenly places. Why do you have authority? Because you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Therefore, that place, that seating that you have because of the cross, you have dunamis, which is power, which is not just natural power. It's supernatural power. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And therefore, as a result of that seating, you have exousia. You have authority. You have authority over all the power of the enemy. Whatever area that you might struggle with or temptations might come you have all the power over the enemy because of where you're seated with christ jesus and therefore you have supernatural power which is dunamis power you function in power through your position with christ and if you step away from the position you don't function in that power you don't function in that that authority comes from that position. See, Jesus established our realm of authority through overcoming his temptations. He established our realm of authority. Sometimes people don't understand the temptations. Why were the temptations necessary? We know that he was perfect. And, but he was establishing our realm of authority. He was revealing to us our realm of authority. He was showing that you can overcome the enemy full of the Holy Spirit in those realms. That's why he was tempted. He did it for that reason. He refused the enemy's temptations and deceptions so that he can show that we are overcomers. Revelation 3, 21, it is said, and he's speaking to the church, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Overcoming, overcoming the old self, overcoming the old ways, overcoming the old mindsets, closing the spiritual doors, closing the doors of your past. Some of you, even some of the things that you were brought up in, some of the ways that you were brought up and, you know, a lot of times, even in the way that we think, the way that we function, we were brought up in a certain way that we have accepted certain ways of thinking, certain, uh, certain bondages that we think are part of just living life. And the Lord's saying, I have given you authority to close those doors, those doors that that's not who you are anymore. You don't have to think that way anymore. That's not your identity anymore. But he has set us up to give you power and authority so that you become an overcomer. The word overcomer means that there's something that you have to overcome. 
He didn't just say, oh, easy street. No, he set it up to say, I have given you everything you need. Now exercise it. Remember, we are long jumpers. We are people who are hurdlers. That's what Jesus wants. It's already in you. He did did it all for you so that you can function in it in this world right now in 2021. Why? Why? For his glory. Why? So that he could show forth his glory in you. So he could say, you know what? Look at my victorious one. Look at her. It's just like watching our children, our grandchildren learn how to swim. Some of them, Nora, she learned how to do whatever that stroke is. I don't even know. Freestyle. And Penny learned how to do the doggy paddle. But it didn't matter. Because we were saying, you can do it. You can do it. Make it to the other side. Make it to the other side. The fact is this, Jesus is all. I'm not going to sit there and do it. I'm going to teach you how to swim. Because you can do it. I paid for it on the cross for you. So now get in there. Get in the pool. You're going to get it. No, you're not going to keep touching the bottom. You're going to swim. You're going to overcome. You're going to overcome that fear. You're going to overcome that addiction. You're going to overcome that past thing. You're going to overcome that way of thinking. Come on, people. He made us all overcomers and the world wants to tell you you're not why because how dare you how dare you overcome our power over you how dare you prove us wrong how dare you prove the all of the sophisticated arguments of this world wrong how dare you And they want to convince you. And they work hard. They work hard to convince you. You can't do it. You can't do it. Give into that spirit of fear. You need affirmation from the world. You need us to affirm you. But you don't. Because he affirmed you. Because he empowered you. Because he paid for you to be positioned back where you belong, seated with him in heavenly places. This is what Jesus said while he was on earth. And I love this. Before he goes to the cross, John 14, 30 through 31, he's on his way. He's telling his disciples, I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. I'm going to. This is deep. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the father and do exactly what my father has commanded me. Let me just read that in the amplified. I will not talk with you much more for the prince, the evil genius ruler of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. Jesus said that. Why did he say that? So that we could say it. I have nothing in common with the enemy. He has no claim on me. He has no power over me. And you know what? His attacks, and we will have attacks, only reveal the love I have for my Jesus. Or what Jesus said, the love that I have for my Father. And that my obedience is going to show forth that love. You know, Jesus did everything on this earth for us. He didn't do it for him. He did it for us. And he was able to say those words. And he wants you to be able to say those words. The enemy has 
no power over me. I have nothing in common with him. I have nothing in common with him. He has no hold over me. And the truth is this, because of what Jesus did on the cross, he doesn't have a hold over you. Now, you can reside in that prison cell, but the door has been open for you to walk out of it. The door is not locked. It has been open. You may think you belong there. You may be convinced that it's unsafe to leave there. But the truth is this. Jesus unlocked the door and said, I have come to do what? To set the captives free. Captive over what? Oh, only captive over this and that and the other thing, but not over everything. No, captive over everything. Everything. All the powers of the enemy. Jesus did it. Hebrews 4.15 tells us that Jesus experienced all the temptations that we experience for this very reason. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. See, listen, he was tempted in every way. Those temptations were real for him. He was tempted in every way. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Listen, he's got you. He's got you. He's empowered you. He doesn't ha- let you go through more. He's got your back like Pastor David. He's gone before you and made the way. He's got you on the side. He's got you behind you just like when we were teaching our grandchildren to swim we're not going to let them drown but i'm going to teach them how to swim so i got to let go of them and let them exercise it because they build what confidence they build the ability to say i can do it and then someday they're going to teach somebody else to do it because they can do it and that's what we do that's what we mean to be followers of christ is that he teaches us we teach others to say listen i know you're going through something I know you face that temptation or that addiction or that area in your life. I know. But you know what else I know? If I can do it and overcome, you can. If I can do it, you can do it. And Jesus said, listen, if I can do it, you can do it. That's the whole point. And I gave you the very power and authority to do it. Worship team, come on up here. See, Christ's work on the cross provided a way out of the authority of temptations and flesh in the world. Do you hear me? Christ's work on the cross provided a way out of the authority that was given away to the enemy. And a lot of times I hear people say this, because our world has so much confusion, has so much bondage in it, sin bondage due to sin, bondage due to ways of thinking that have been even over generations in time. And people say, 
Is it that simple? I mean, isn't it more complicated than that? And I would say, you know what? Jesus made it easy. He said, you know what? I'll do it for you. Sin and the wages of sin and the rooted, the way roots can come and try to bind up people, the sinful vines. My daughter, she has some trees in her backyard and the vines that have grown up on the tree over time have looked pretty but choke the tree out of life. It's kind of like that. And Jesus said, what you couldn't do, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it by my grace. I forgave all your sins, all of them, past, present, future. I forgave them all. And then I made you a new creation. And then I put my power and authority inside of you. You're on the win. Now we can choose not to exercise that. Choose to cling to the old ways. We can choose to find some sort of harbor in our victimization. Or we can say... I'm out of this captivity. <laughs> I'm out of this. Because he paid for it. He didn't pay for his children to be weak. He paid for them to be strong in him. He paid for them to be overcomers. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You say, well, is it that easy? I say it's simple, but it's not easy. Do you know what I mean? It's simple in that Jesus did it, but now we have to go and exercise it. I got to go face some things. Is there any, any area of your life that you believe, I can't do it? Well, he already did it for you. And he just says, you know what? Surrender to me. Submit to me. Say, people are on a journey. You're absolutely right. We're on a journey. Does he deal with everything, all these things that he's freeing us from all at one moment? No. We're free. We have all the power and authority over us, in us, through us. But we face those things because he's making us into being like him. As scripture says in Corinthians, from glory to glory to glory, being like Jesus. But I'm going to tell you the thing that you're facing today, he's given you power and authority over what you're facing. And he did it through his blood. He said, I will give my life so that you have this power and authority you're no longer a slave you're no longer a captive you are no longer powerless I want you to stand with me you aren't 
you are no longer slaves to sin. You are no longer slaves to this world. You are no longer slaves to principalities and powers in high places. You are no longer captives. You are no longer powerless. You have exousia. You have authority. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places right now. What are you going to do with that exousia? What are you going to do with the dunamis power, the supernatural power, the overcoming power? Well, you're holding your elements. You're not holding your elements. <laughs> you're getting your elements distributed. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and lead the song, Rebecca, as we're getting their elements distributed to them. Sing with our worship team. We're proclaiming something. I tried so hard to see it. Took me so long to believe. You choose someone like me, yes, Lord, to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. Yes, you give what we don't deserve. It. Yes, you take the broken things and raise them to glory. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you won. Yeah, who you say I am. You crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who at that this is actually a song that says exactly what i just said you crown me with confidence confidence to do what confidence to do what to overcome to do all things through christ who strengthens me to exercise the power and authority that he has given to me. You crown me with that confidence. I can swim in the deep end of the pool. I can do it. I can swim. I can all, not only swim, I can jump in and swim in the deep end of the pool. And I have confidence because I know I can do it now. I have confidence. The enemy wants to erode that confidence. The world wants to erode that confidence. Even your own sinful flesh wants to erode that confidence to try to convince you you cannot do it i'm gonna drown i'm gonna drown but he paid that you would be able to walk on the water he paid that you can overcome he paid so that you are seated with him in heavenly places because he is undefeated oh if you would have the revelation to say you know what in that moment in that moment when i feel defeated when i feel in it when I'm feeling it, it usually comes to our thoughts and our feelings. I go, you know what? No. You crown me with confidence. 
I know what you did for me. It doesn't matter what my flesh tells me. It doesn't matter what the world tells me. It doesn't matter even what the principalities and powers in high places are trying to convince me. No, it matters what you did, Jesus, and that you rule and reign inside of me, and I am submitted to you. I am submitted to your work. I am submitted to your Holy Spirit. I am submitted because I love you, and I will obey you, and when I do that, I walk in power and authority. This this represents what Jesus did for us. He loved us so. He said, you're no longer the tail, but the head. You're no longer below, but above. I broke. My my body was broken for you. My blood was poured out for you. Not so that you can only get to heaven when you die but so that you can walk in my presence in my power in my authority on this side of heaven is there any area in your life that you say you know lord i need to submit it to you it's not our perfection it's not our perfection that god has power and authority do you hear me because that's when it gets complicated (laughs) that's what religion tells you that it has to be your perfection but what Jesus says you know what I took care of that I took care of it I took care of it for you I paid for it for you just I welcome you in to walking in the power and authority that you have because of the cross let's take the bread the element of the bread represents the broken body of Christ broken for you broken that we could be healed by his stripes we are healed Psalms 103 says he forgives all of our sins and heals all of our diseases. Whatever area that you say, Lord, I've been struggling in this area right now, just give it to him. Say, Lord, I know not in my own flesh can I do it, but through the power of your Holy Spirit that you gave me, I can be an overcomer. His body broken for you. Lord, we take the bread that symbolizes your body that was broken for us and we receive all of your healing in our lives body mind soul spirit every way down to the core of who we are we know that you are the healer you are the redeemer you mend us lord and you are so good You are the great physician. You are the surgeon of our life. You are the great counselor that restores us emotionally. You restore us, Lord, in every way. You listen to our cries. And, Lord, you guide us by your Holy Spirit, restoring us. So, Lord, we know that you heal all parts of us. So we take this element with faith, believing that work on the Christ cross. Take it together.
Oh, that you would receive the revelation of his love for you right now. Receive the revelation of his love for you. His blood was poured out for you. His blood that cleanses us from all sins, makes us pure. Behold, all things are new because of his blood. We didn't have to be righteous. We didn't have to do it in ourselves. But all we had to do is just receive him. To the many that would receive him, he gave them the power to become children of God. Restored. We have his DNA in us. He is our father now. We receive, Lord, you. And, Lord, we receive everything your cross did for us. We receive you, Lord. Yes, you're our personal Savior. Yes, we're going to go to heaven. But, Lord, we receive everything the cross did for us. And now, since you were once dead in your sins, but now you have been made alive with Christ, and now you are seated with him. You are now seated with him. As we take this element, we take it in recognition of what you've done and that we are seated with you in heavenly places. And we take this together. Go ahead and take your element. Go ahead, Rebecca. Let's sing this song. You are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated.
heavenly place undefeated by the power of your name i am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it tell you church we're in an unprecedented season so many people want it to be the way it was and others didn't like it that way anyway but it doesn't the truth is this in the church for the church for the people of God for the children of God and I'm talking about not institutional things I'm talking about children of God when I say the church who you are you are the body of Christ we're going into a season that you are not to fear. You are to walk in confidence, knowing who you are in Christ. And by doing so, you will lead others to Jesus, to the reality, to the truth, to the freedom of who Jesus is. Do not fear walking into the new season in the earth that the Lord has. Do not cling to the things of this world. Do not look for the truth in the things of this world. But fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. These are unprecedented times, but these are going to be times where the dunamis power the, power, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is going to flow through his children. It's going to be a time where they're going to, children of God in the earth are going to see exceptional things happen. Because Jesus gave his life for this world and he wants people to know him. And they know him through you. They know him through your message and your life and his love flowing through you. So don't go into this world powerful. It's not gloom and doom. It is great expectation of what God is doing and wants to do through you. So let's pray. Lord, we just submit ourselves to you. Lord, I say over some minds in this place, watch our minds of the things of the world. And Lord, make our thoughts and minds alive to your word, to your Holy Spirit. Lord, may our heart be set on things above. May our priority be on you and what you desire. May we submit ourselves to you in every way. Lord, you have great things for your children, beautiful things for your children, things that are are only things that we have read about in scripture lord you're going to make alive to us in 2021 your ability to flow through your children in in beautiful powerful transformational ways lord we thank you father for that and we have great anticipation you have prepared us you have equipped us Lord, through your work on the cross and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we believe this 
in your name. Amen. God bless you. I believe that there's an ice cream truck out there. There's a free ice cream cone on us. So what we're going to do is to celebrate. You all get either an ice cream cone, a dip cone, or a sprinkle cone. If you want anything else, they have banana splits, Sundays. You just pay the difference in price. So it's like $3, $3.25, $3.50. We pay anything above that, you guys pay. So enjoy. Celebrate with us on the 4th. Amen? God bless you. Have a great day and enjoy your ice cream. Every battle. 